The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. I know words. I have the best words. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> this is uh, Archie Bunker of 704 Houser Street, veteran of the big war, speaking on behalf of Guns for Everybody. Now, question. What was the first thing that the communists done when they took over Russia? Answer, gun control. And there's a lot of people in this country who want to do the same thing to us here in a kind of conspiracy, see. You take your big international bankers, uh, they want to, what do you call, uh, masticate the people of this here nation like puppets on a wing. And then when they get that done, turn this over to the communists. Now I want to talk about another thing that's on everybody's mind today, and that's your stick-ups and your skyjackets. Which, uh, if that was up to me, I could end the skyjackets tomorrow. You could. All you got to do is arm all your passengers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. The Bob Seska Show. Stop the hammering. Hello, Bob. Hi there. Gotta talk about your stick ups and your skyjackets. <laughs> oh, look, it's uh, Buzz Burbank sitting right over there. I, uh, no, I, two observations. Uh, first of all, yes, hi, thank you. And it's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be anywhere, I guess, at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, two observations about the opening of today's show. First of all, I worried that the opening about uh, the clown dictator. And his regime of deplorables, I thought, well, they, you know, that might prove to in some way be inaccurate over time. It hasn't. It's only grown more accurate over time. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then the other thing about the, the opening, yeah, I did love the the Archie Bunker tape, and it is shocking to see that nothing has changed in what is now a very, very, very long time. Oh God, yeah. Uh, and and the and the things have in fact gotten worse. But first of all, I want to say thank you for holding the elevator door for me because <laughs> I had forgotten I had forgotten that this was one of my Tuesdays in in what is a sort of a staccato of uh, a syncopated uh, rhythm uh, or, or pattern of appearances on this program. So uh, th thank you for allowing me to be a couple of minutes late and uh, and letting me in still. Not a problem at all. Of course, for you, we open the door wide open. And, you know, really, it's, it was my fault because, I mean, this is really, really behind the scenes stuff. I should have reminded you. I should have. Well, no, no, you, see, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to babysit yeah. me. I think I just we were we added another week to the layer this time, and uh, I wasn't sure if we'd cleared that or we were still in it, and and yeah. so I, you know, I should have I should have had that better noted, and I I will do so in the future. But in the meantime, it's it's good to be here. Yes, and of course, it's always great to have you here. It's Buzz Burbank news and comment. You can find it on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, on SoundCloud at buzzburbank.com and at realmnetwork.com. It's always a pleasure to have you here, my friend. And well, yesterday was just a big, big news day, so it's it's yeah, no wonder bit, we yeah. we kind of lost things in the mix. And of course, I found out this morning that one of our listeners, Chuck Moran, uh -huh. uh, one of our longtime listeners, lost his niece Dana Gardner in the Las oh. Vegas uh, shooting oh my God. over I'm the weekend. So, so we, of course, extend our our deepest and sincerest condolences to uh, to uh, Chuck Moran and his family and. 
and uh, hope they find some sort of peace and, and closure in the wake of this ridiculous, senseless uh, killing that continues to happen time and time again. Buzz, we, we know these scripts by heart. They happen every single time. And much like we address Trump outrages, they ha- these things happen. Uh, we, we're furious about them. We all go through the same motions. The same stories are written. I tend to write the same articles every single time about why, why, why. And then a, a little bit of time goes by, and it's on to the next thing. We, we forget about this thing. And there's got to be a solution to this episodic nature of the the news now and i know there are news cycles and you can of course shed much more light on this than i can as a newsman but i'm just i'm wondering how we start to compartmentalize a uh an environment in which things happen like this and then the next thing overshadows the previous thing and we forget almost entirely about the previous thing and we just move right on Part of it's the world we live in, I'm sure. Yeah. But first, uh, uh, more than just condolences to the Moran family uh, over their loss, but uh, maybe a message to them directly or indirectly that we will try to honor that loss by continuing the fight, yes. no matter how freaking weary we are Absolutely. Of, of that fight. It's one of the things I'm, I'm hearing most from people. But to your question, um, you know, things do happen. Uh, there's a hurricane or Tom Petty dies or something happens that draws our focus and these days there are so many things happening uh it's hard to keep focus now further to your point we've been uh agonizing over and then forgetting these incidents one after another for a very long time and they yeah. have gotten worse and they have gotten more frequent uh and i every time this happens my hope is that this time Enough people will be outraged enough to follow through, to carry carry the ball over the line, yeah. you know, to, to, to get this done, to apply, apply so much pressure that Congress doesn't have any choice That's right. but to, to, to do some common sense things. And there's a whole lot of this we can talk about, but, but in this crazy world we live in, with things happening at this rate, uh, it is hard and forgivable uh, not to be able to keep track of it all. Uh, what isn't forgettable is making the same mistake over and over again because that defines insanity. I'm sitting here and I'm going, of course, every time we confront one of these situations, I sit here and I go, what can be done? I mean, we're always looking for the solutions. We always want to solve this problem. I think it's human nature. How do we cope with tragedy like this? We try to figure out how to make sure that it doesn't happen again. It's our natural predilection for, you know, for solving problems and for mitigating horrible, horrible events that stick right. with us. And, right. you know, while getting the guns, while regulating guns, while making sure that people who are predisposed to doing these things can't get their hands on guns as easily that won't solve the problem we're not going to end all mass shootings by regulating firearms the way they ought to be regulated but what we're going to do is make it more difficult for people like this guy in las vegas steven paddock from getting his hands on an arsenal of i heard as many as 38 firearms in that hotel room in mandalay bay hotel the numbers have varied, and we know that some of them were illegal, uh, automatic weapons. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to stop myself right there because I am so tired of hearing from gun experts, gun aficionados, yeah. who say, well, this isn't an assault rifle, and assault rifles oh, are legal yeah. or they're not legal. Yeah. And and they, they love to get down, uh, bogged down in these basement of the armory sort of discussions about uh, about what's what and uh, the te- and we need those folks we need those experts to get the laws just right but in this public discussion of whether or not we should do something we should not get bogged down in these ridiculous technical details they will be important when the lawmakers uh, interview people when they when they have hearings and they learn what needs to be and what not needs to be what doesn't need to be done yeah, yeah. And, and 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 we'll get to those details but please please don't bog down this important conversation about how we can act uh, to prevent this with stuff like that not right now and and uh, you know i i think we're already we have a start we have a foundation on which to build 91% of Americans, gun owners included, 
uh, believe that common sense gun laws should be passed and can help. Yeah. We agree generally on on military assault weapons, whatever they're technically called. You know, and I'm so tired of being corrected <laughs> I know. On, on, on that stuff. But you know what I'm talking about. What our goal, I, I think, and, and I think this is a goal that all of us maybe do share, we have to stop individuals from being able to kill this many people this fast. Yes. To fire that many bullets, whatever it is, whether it's a modifier or a clip or a magazine or a kind of gun. Whatever. I, I'll let you guys work that out with the lawmakers who shape the new law. But let's let's share the goal, and I think we do, of making it nigh on to impossible for somebody to kill this many people this quickly. It'll take a while because I know a lot of the guns are already out there and there's no getting them back, and I, I understand that. Yeah. But if we can keep this from growing, if we can... And and in many ways, this could turn around the gun culture in this country if we would begin to do some of those things. Yeah. And what we're facing, however, is an opposition that is really good at making it seem like everything is futile. Going down this road, talking about uh, more gun regulations is absolutely because, of course, gun control doesn't work. Look at Chicago. And that's what we hear about over and over again. Look at Chicago. There's still people shooting each other, and they've got all kinds of gun control uh, laws in place in Illinois and certainly in the city of Chicago. And so what's the use? Well, then you look at every other industrialized nation in the world that has gun laws, and you look at the the death toll in the United States per capita versus the death toll in a place like England or France or any European countries, Canada for that matter. And you need no more proof about how gun laws work to slow down the rate of these mass shootings. Australia is another fantastic example of, of how it all works. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. I, and and they present these ideas that are laughable, uh, you know, uh, that uh, there's no sense passing a law because people will just break it. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's true of everything, isn't it? I oh, mean, yeah. You know, if that's true, then why have any laws at all? Yeah. And and I know that sounds like uh, an extreme response to what may seem to some like a moderate uh, proposal. It's not. It's ridiculous. We we have those laws. We know those laws are effective. When buildings burn down, we pass new fire codes. Mm-hmm. When when people uh, have accidents in their cars uh, texting while driving, we ban texting while driving. And it doesn't eliminate every case. Nope. We all know that. But it sure as hell helps. Yeah. I mean, look at an equivalent. If you happen to be, uh, if if you're a conservative troll listening in right now and you happen to uh, be anti-choice, for example, uh, wouldn't the same argument be, well, why ban abortions? Because people are still going to get abortions illegally. You know, it's just like that argument is that we need to take that argument off the table. That argument is dead. You can't can't even make that argument anymore. But of course, they're still going to go forward with it. They're still going to go forward with, well, cars kill people too, forgetting the fact that cars and drivers are some of the most heavily regulated things in the world. Not to mention, I mean, between traffic laws, between laws uh, governing what, what cars Cars need to have in terms of safety, mm-hmm. in terms of emissions, what uh, what drivers need to do in order to be able to license to be drive, driving a car. Cars insurance. are heavily, yeah, I mean, insurance, right. exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, traffic rules are heavily policed. We've seen that all the time, much to my personal chagrin on many, many occasions. Uh, but then we get into areas that uh, we wonder why the fuck this is going on. And uh, back in 2013, I uh, I reported on a story where a uh, a company called uh, oh shoot I forget the name of the company regardless it doesn't matter they I think came- it was called oh shoot <laughs> that's, that's exactly right uh, well they came out with a modified modified version of the AR fifteen with yeah. what's known as a bump stock this is back in, right. again back in twenty thirteen. This is entirely legal. This allows a shooter with this modified AR-15 to be able to shoot rounds like an automatic firearm, like an automatic rifle. And the manufacturer bragged about it, saying that it sprays bullets like a fire hose. 
Yeah, yeah. And you need those for hunting squirrels. Yeah, or or people in Las Vegas. That's exactly one of the weapons that this guy used in the Mandalay Bay Hotel shooting down into those concert goers was a modified AR-15 with a bump stock that allowed him to fire off rounds like an automatic firearm. That's one of our issues. We have to ban the sale of things that allow this repeated rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, the bump stock that you mentioned, uh, there are, so there's a trigger crank mm-hmm. there. I, and I believe at least, and this is, this is the part kids where we all get to learn about the mechanics of guns, <laughs> but this is, this is, you know, there are several devices out there that can convert a semi-automatic rifle, which mm-hmm. by the way, can be as deadly as an automatic rifle into an automatic rifle. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, these are important things for the experts to tell the lawmakers as they're crafting the new law so they know who can have these things and who don't. I, I Who can't? I get arguments back from people saying, well, law enforcement and the military need those things. Well, yes, they do. So let's restrict them to just the Army and the military. Yeah. Uh, again, it won't eliminate all gun deaths, but it will freaking help, and we got to do that. I think also dead, Bob, is the argument that it's too soon to discuss this. If you look at uh, from one late night comedy show to another uh, in the in the first night out after the shooting, uh, they all shared the same theme, which was it is not too soon. Another thing that I got, I lost friends on social media yesterday and was attacked rather harshly by people who said, oh, Buzz, this is the worst thing you've ever done. This is in poor, poor taste to be talking politics. To be talking politics at a time that you know the bodies are still warm, yeah. And and uh, and and uh, my argument, and and I was glad to see others take it up as well, is that no, for these folks, it's too late to have this conversation. Yep, it is never too soon to prevent the next round of deaths. Fifty nine people, uh, you know, congratulations, U.S. You've set a new record. <laughs> right. By the way, the uh, the company that makes the. Uh, the bump stock is Slide yeah. Fire. That's the name of the, the, uh, the company. And again, I still think it's Oh Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> right. That would be so great. Oh my god, we should just start our own gun company and just call it Oh Shoot. <laughs> oh Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah just, there you go. We'll deliberately make guns that jam all the time. <laughs> we'll just make sabotage firearms. Yeah, we'll sabotage them. Yeah. Okay. So I, I wrote this in Salon about Slide Fire and the the bump stock, and my overall point was. Uh, oh, hey, actually, yeah, was this in Salon? I, I forget exactly where, because <laughs> I make the I make similar points every time something like this happens, so I'm not sure exactly where I wrote this, but I mentioned about slide fire and the bump stock and, and all that crap under the context of uh, how uh, politicians are making these videos uh, where they're using firearms to shoot... Uh, oh, yeah. to shoot bills that they don't like. There's one where uh, Rand Paul shoots yes. the tax code. There's right. another guy where the, the governor, then a candidate, but he's now the governor of Missouri, shooting uh, Obamacare. Uh, yeah. There's, I mean, countless numbers of videos of Republican politicians and some Democrats. There's a, there's a video of Joe Manchin, who's a Democratic uh, senator from West Virginia, shooting the cap-and-trade bill. Shoots a bullet yeah. right through it. I mean, well, it's important to reinforce the fun of shooting stuff. Yeah, and uh, that's they, apparently, that's, and obviously, it's pandering. It's pandering to a specific yeah. segment of of voters. There. But this is, I mean, the example they're setting is: Hey, solve all your political gripes by shooting at them. That's, I mean, right. and that's the yeah. example that our well. leaders, our national leaders, are setting. So I wrote this about slide fire, and I wrote this about all these national leaders. And of course, some guy gets on in the comments, quotes my uh, my thing, and I wrote. Well, that you know, I wrote about slide fire and the bump stock. I wrote, well, that's convenient. Yeah. And what would you use such a weapon for exactly? And mm-hmm. this person replies, "Oh, I got a couple of ideas, assholes." <laughs> so I mean, yeah. thus, right. thus yeah. illustrating my point that these are examples that are being set by our national leader leaders, whether it's Donald Trump or Rand Paul or on down the line. And people are taking that up and people are taking it to heart and believing that this is their right to be able to settle political problems by firing off rounds of ammunition at them. And that's the the example we're we're setting for uh, the American people right now. It's it's dumbfounding, and and you made another important point that I want to run with a little bit, uh, the both of us, and that is that uh, we're hearing so much um, from people, and I alluded to this at the top, uh, who are weary of all of this. Yeah, and I heard from a lot of people yesterday who said, "You know what? I give up. 
Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't do this anymore. Yep. And I have implored as many of them as possible, uh, take a break if you need, but come back. We need you. Uh, th- this is too important uh, a cause to abandon. Um, but, but I really think that the late night comedians, uh, really put an end to the argument that it's too soon to talk about this. So, uh, hopefully, you know, you've mentioned, and I've mentioned aspects or arguments by the gun side, uh, that really don't hold up anymore. And that's another sliver of optimism about maybe we can do something this time. I know that seems terribly naive based on recent history, but, I'm feeling more momentum than usual out there. Of course, I thought I felt that after Sandy Hook, but now there is an angry weariness of this where people really are sick and tired of it, not just happening once or twice, but over and over and over again. That's the new anger that maybe uh, can help push this issue over the top. Yeah, yeah. And and we've seen some legislative victories I think for a minority side of the uh, the aisle for the the left and for Democrats. And I think that is empowering and I think that can be parlayed into maybe defeating this silencer legislation that's out there right now that Congress is right. getting ready to pass, which also includes Legalize or loosening regulations on armor piercing rounds as if right as if endangers police exactly right and and again underscores the I think the umbrella point in all of this when it comes to money and politics and specifically regarding the gun lobby and its influence over Congress because as we've seen in the past if you oppose the NRA if you oppose the gun lobby if you by proposing legislation that would restrict gun usage and so forth then they primary challenge you then they throw all kinds of money into whoever your opponent happens to be and that that puts you in political jeopardy Uh, uh but the 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 overall problem here, I think if the gun control side of the debate makes an argument in terms of demystifying uh, the gun culture in the United States, where we take away, where we start to strip away in the same way the Republicans sort of uh, attack the word liberal, things right. like that. Uh, yeah. If we demystify gun culture in a way that we separate firearms and the and especially these firearm, uh, uh, massacres uh, from the Second Amendment, from the sacrosanct uh, protections of the the Constitution itself, and we start to illustrate firearms as being a retail product, and the gun lobby as being of uh, being just mere salesmen, people who are just trying to sell as many firearms as possible, then that actually starts to make sense when we see legislation like the silencer legislation with also the uh, rolling in the uh, the armor-piercing bullets into that. Right. This is not about your Second Amendment rights. This is not about your right to bear arms. This is no. about the NRA being paid big money by the firearm industry Right. In order to sell as many retail products. This is like going into a store and buying a lawnmower. And such, Yeah, this is such an important Bob, uh, point, Bob, and I want to underscore what you've just said, and that is that the NRA is not a lobby for gun owners. It is a lobby for gun makers. Yes. And, and, and the NRA doesn't care what gun owners think. If they did, we would have more gun control because many, many, a majority of responsible gun owners, as they like to call themselves, uh, favor uh, certain new controls on yeah. guns. Yep. They're not representing those folks. They're representing the people who manufacture and sell this stuff like crazy every time something like this happens or a black man gets elected president. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, you know what? I was looking at uh, Dan Badandi's uh, Twitter feed. Dan Badandi is the uh, the side. Those of you just joining the show uh, don't know Dan, but he's uh, Alex Jones's uh, sidekick. He says he's the the weird hairless sidekick of Alex Jones and he does his own show and he's, he's not, 
Uh, he's not the he's, brightest bulb in the box. He's a barrel of monkeys, this Dan Badani guy. And he was tweeting uh, yesterday that that firearm owners should start stockpiling weapons. This is the, yeah. the the clarion call that goes out every time there's another gun massacre. Is that gun fetishists run out and they buy as many firearms as they can, and then we see spikes in gun sales. This happened after Sandy Hook, callously enough, where people ran out and bought the AR-15, which was Adam Lanza's firearm of choice. People like uh, 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 Congressman Steve Stockman, who's no longer in Congress anymore, thank God, he's been indicted on money laundering charges, like 28 counts of money laundering and corruption. But he was doing AR-15 giveaways on his website. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, where people send in their email address for, obviously, this guy's campaign email list, and in exchange, he does a drawing where he gives away an AR-15, saying that the muzzle flash will be the torch of liberty. That was his actual message on the contest page i mean this is and uh, and a lot of this a lot of these guys their whole point is well you know in case we need to rise up against the government uh, if the government becomes too oppressive and we need to rise (laughs) up against it then we'll be armed like the the founding fathers intended yeah sucker you don't stand a chance against a tank uh, an air force uh, or or any other aspect of the U.S. military. You don't stand a chance. You're wasting your time. And again, at this point, the gun is just an extension of your penis. Exactly right. But, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, all of this is about, I mean, what Dan Bedondi is tweeting is, Go out and buy more of these yeah. products. He's oh, they will. They already are. They whether there was a Dan Bidandi or whatever he is or not, they would still go out and do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, overall, what they're being, what's happening here is they're being suckered into buying more guns. This is the whole idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. create an environment that encourages people to buy as many guns as possible. We saw this with uh, the tobacco industry, for example. We want to just go out and make, by the way, it's toasted. Isn't that great? Your tobacco is toasted. Now buy more cigarettes and people go out and buy Oops. more cigarettes yeah yeah until oh, yeah. we start making them ten dollars a pack uh you know and so this is the under- this is the, the way the death industry works they they try to uh, package their death products yeah. in a way that makes it seem not so deathy here <laughs> are two two, f- two two fun facts from 9 excuse me from 9 11 after 9 11 uh cigarette sales increased especially in new york but uh, across the nation, because people were anxious, and yeah. they turned to that drug for comfort. Yeah. Um, what a lot of people don't know, additionally, is that it was at a shortly after nine eleven that, as the tobacco companies were welcoming back all these new or returning smokers, uh, they were also at that time increasing the levels of nicotine in the cigarettes to take advantage of the angst uh, over 9-11 uh, and to increase their number of customers. Unbelievable. That's, that's how, as you just said, that's how the death industry works. And and it really is no different from guns, which enjoy a spike in sales. Uh, you know, and, and I think maybe they put more Viagra in the gunpowder or something, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but we do see a spike in sales of guns after an incident like this. Or the election of a black president, uh, in in much in much the same way we saw that increase in cigarette sales after nine eleven. Yeah, exactly. And I always go back to the example buzz after Sandy Hook. Uh, uh, there was a uh, a proposal on the table by. Uh, by Pat Toomey and uh, Joe Manchin. It was a bipartisan piece of legislation that would have uh, closed the gun show loophole and would have also closed the internet sales loophole in the law. Uh, nationally speaking, there are some states that have passed uh, right. laws closing the gun show loophole and so forth, but there was no overarching national law. So if, it, if your state banned it, then you can just go to the next state and buy your gun there at a gun show. Uh, and those of you worried about overreach, well, this is the reason they have such a problem in Chicago, because Chicago is just a very, very, very short drive from indiana where it's the wild wild west and guns come in from indiana all the time that's why even though illinois has passed a number of laws it can't control what happens in in indiana this uh, my friends is why we need national laws and and uh, you know and and to override some of the yeah. state level confusion. Yeah, right, right. So so we have this Toomey Mansion amendment to to close these two loopholes. The the least you can do without doing uh, nothing. That was right. this legislature's the softest 
most mundane, watered-down, wonder-bred piece of legislation you could possibly imagine. And you know what? It was supported by upwards of 90% of the American public. 60, yes. I think it was something like 65 or 75% of NRA members supported this mm-hmm. legislation. Republicans supported this overwhelmingly. Democrats, of yep. course, supported this overwhelmingly. Independents. This was a no-brainer as far as popular support. And you go state by state, and this bears out in districts across the country. What happened? The Republicans filibustered this law. Republican and, lawmakers, again, and, yeah. and to make the distinction here, Republican voters favor these controls by 77%. Yep. Republican lawmakers defeated them because, unlike the voters, they are in the pocket of the NRA. I had so many people telling me yesterday, stop blaming the NRA for this. And somebody argued it's it's all of our faults, and that part is true. Yeah. But, yes, it is the NRA, which of writes course. the laws and hands them to lawmakers along with a check and saying this is what you'll pass and this is how much money you're getting for it. That's essentially what's happening, and it's bypassing the will of the vast majority of American people. Uh, Gun owners, as you said, it's just common sense. There are things we all agree on. The White House and Trump talked about this is a time to unite. When they, As they were saying, it's too early to talk about this politically. <laughs> they were saying this is a time for Americans to unite. Well, guess what? We are united on these things you just outlined and, and other issues related to the prevention of mass casualties such as we have seen again yep. this week. Uh, there are things, as much disagreement as we see on social media, there is much we Americans, the vast majority of us agree on, that we can do. Please don't tell me we can't do anything based on recent past performance. I know we can. I mean, the bottom line buzz is we just have to do what the public wants on these things. I mean, there are some issues where I think the public is a little wrong on a particular thing. But in this case, we know that the public is spot on. We know in the context of Graham Cassidy last week and the week before that that the public was spot on and only giving it a 21 or it was was 20. I think it was 20 percent approval on Graham Cassidy. And yet the Republicans wanted to support it anyway. Uh, Somewhere there's a by the way, somewhere there's a benchmark when 51 percent of the people agree on something. They could be wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. They really could, or 54%. They could be wrong. Mm -hmm. When it's 77% or 91%, they're not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not that is no that is a no-brainer when you right. have the support of a supermajority of nra members right that that law needs to pass there is that, no that doubt should be the it. end of that, that should be the end of the discussion right there right and then there's no accountability for the lawmakers who en masse defy popular uh opinion i mean there's just nothing there there's no right. way and we go into this with donald trump too and after we uh we talk about hollow pillow here in a second we're going to talk about donald Donald Trump's unfucking believable remarks in Puerto Rico today. Oh my God! Man. I, I he, mean, he, I, he never he never lets us down, does he? No. As, he lets us, <laughs> as he lets us down further each time, he does not let us down. Absolutely not. So uh, let's talk about pillows here, uh, specifically hollow pillows, which are unlike anything you've ever used before. Uh, I've got some listener listener love for hollow pillows. Lots oh, of people. Good. Everybody loves their hollow pillows. Uh, I got this note the other day. Hi, Bob. In the midst of the insanity of the world, while I always thank you for keeping me sane, I also wanted to send a big thank you for your hollow pillow discussions on the show. I've had it oh. two nights, and I've had the best sleep I've had in ten months. Wow, cool. It is amazing. I I may order another. Thank you so much for sharing. Also, may I share your code link with my friends? Well, of course you can always do that. Yeah. Or yeah, be well and always thank you for all you do. I always learn so much from your history, political knowledge. I'm I'm just patting myself on the back now, Buzz. Yes, uh, I'm enjoying it though. <laughs> and always appreciate your humor and anger and all your wonderful guest hosts. Lynn, well thank you so much for that, Lynn. Also, Dan, yeah. Dan on Twitter wrote, uh, Bob, been using... I wish he had 280 characters for this, but he only had 140. (laughs) Bob, been using the hollow pillow for 25 days. They are the hardest pillow I've ever had and super comfy. Love it. Thanks, Bob. And that's the thing. When you first lay down on the hollow pillow... It feels uh, like it may not be as comfortable as it actually is, but then you lay down on it and you're like, oh my God, this is the most comfortable pillow I've ever had. Plus, it 
Yeah, it's surprising, and I, I I love the sort of surprise we we heard in that that last tweet. Uh, you know, it it's, it is surprising, and I experienced the same thing. And I have to tell you, Bob, as as a listener and user of the Hello Pillow myself, uh, I missed it during the hurricane. I I you know, I, boy, I I you know, I was so glad to to be back on that. So yeah, if you get you get hooked on. Uh, maybe the greatest pillow ever invented. Oh yeah, and it's too bad because you were sealed inside your house, inside with all the the Batman panels all around your house blocked in there. You could have used your Hello Pillow, I'm sure. And of course, when I don't use my Hello Pillow, I end up having to change my my pillowcase because it oh. ends up getting so sweaty because I I sweat like Mary and Barry all night long. Used uh, to do that, yeah. <laughs> except except when I use my Hello Pillow. Now I wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow because now I sleep with a Hello Pillow. The Hello Pillow stays cool while giving my head, neck, and shoulders perfect support all night long, night after night. A lot of us have spent good money on good mattresses, but still haven't figured out the right pillow. Traditional fiber fills are hot and humid. Buzz collapse under your weight and don't give you the full night support you need for good posture and good sleep. And sure. you have to keep, of course, replacing them. Uh, memory foam, though. I mean, they say, well, why, what about memory foam? Yeah, that gives support, but but can't be molded into the shape that's right for you. It doesn't breathe. It gets hot, and it gives off chemical gases. You you probably shouldn't spend a third of your life inhaling. It doesn't bother the test dummies, but people a little <laughs> more so. <laughs> right. Although a microbead pillow does breathe, it too gives off gases once those beads collapse, which they will. They're actually harmful to the environment, too. As, as eco-friendly as a bamboo pillow sounds, it isn't, mm-hmm. after all that processing. And it isn't antimicrobial, as its makers have often claimed. Hollow pillows wow. are filled with natural buckwheat hulls that are eco-friendly. They don't give off gases, and they don't collapse. The buckwheat is grown and milled by American farmers before the hulls go into Hollow's pre-shrunken, certified, organic, unbleached, cotton twill casing right here in the United States. Hollow pillows Hello. breathe... Yeah, exactly. Made in America. Hollow pillows breathe and stay cool. Uh, Most importantly, conform perfectly to your head, neck, and shoulders for a truly restful night's sleep. And you can adjust the fullness of the hollow pillow by removing or adding more hulls through the zipper that's covered for comfort. I'm so, so happy with mine. Buzz, I'm sure you are too. You know it. I'm proud to give it my personal endorsement and proud that a percentage of the profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Hollow pillows are available in three sizes, small, standard, and king. And right now, depending on the size, you can save up to twenty bucks on each additional pillow with fast free shipping. But you oh, can o- yeah, you can only get that deal by going to hollowpillow.com slash B O B C. That's hollowpillow.com slash B O B C. Write that down. Say hello to a healthy and restful night's sleep and wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow. Thank you for supporting this brilliant company and this show at hollowpillow.com slash B O B C. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, safe home, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Uh, interesting day how this uh, news played out yesterday. Yes, indeed. Where uh, we were shocked and alarmed and, and sad about, uh, about Tom Petty, and then, uh, and then we heard news that he was still alive. And then, yeah. uh, and then I think overnight he finally uh, passed after they took him uh, off life support. Yeah, I believe he passed at eight forty p.m., which was what about maybe nearly eight hours after his death had been reported. Yeah, here, here's what happened here, and there's a good lesson in this, and I'll talk about this more this week on news and comment. But yeah. uh, you know, we got uh, we got word that he had been hospitalized. Uh, and, and then eventually we got a report that he had died. I believe CBS was one of the first, uh, uh, to report this using information, uh, that they had confirmed with the Los Angeles police department. Uh, what the, the reporter in this case didn't do, uh, and so many of the rest of us picked up on it. What they didn't do was uh, find another, uh, a second official source maybe somebody from the hospital, oh, yeah. to confirm this. While all this was going on, Tom's daughter was tweeting about what monsters we all were and and in particular picking on Rolling Stone uh, for uh, passing along this news that had been confirmed 
by an official source. Now, I've heard people argue, well, you should have paid attention to his daughter and not the LAPD. And, well, although we know that to be true now, at the time, his daughter is not an official uh, source for that information. Hmm. And uh, if you think about the British couple that lost the baby recently, they wanted to come to the U.S. for an iffy treatment that might save their child. They didn't make it. The child died. It, it it has been argued by some that the baby was essentially already dead and the parents were not ready to accept that fact. And yep. it could be argued that Tom Petty's daughter, understandably, was not ready to accept his passing. Yeah. I think in retrospect, Tom Petty would be not amused about dying because at 66 he wanted to live longer and spend time with his granddaughter. But I think he, knowing what little we do know about Tom... I, I think he would be amused uh, by 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 some of the confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was reported Monday that he died, and he did in fact die Monday. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the reports were premature. Uh, he had been; they were not an unreasonable uh, assumption. Uh, there was no brain activity. He had been put on and taken off of life support. A chaplain had been called to his room. It was pretty clear that he was, uh, by some definition of the term dead. Uh, It wasn't officially confirmed. He didn't officially cease to be until uh, 8 o'clock that evening. Uh, But it is a lesson, an important lesson for myself and all journalists to to, to get that second and, if you can, third official confirmation of something happening before reporting it. And all of this happened in the uh, insane confusion of of the uh, coverage of yesterday's, uh, of the mass shooting that is in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, and you know, some people who are uh, actively reporting and tweeting on uh, Trump Russia have been burned by only getting one source that we've seen. We've seen that recently, right. and it's, you know, as we move forward with the democratization of the media and we move forward with the democratization of the news, right. it's even more and more important that we get our sources straight and we get confirmation and we don't right. just randomly blurt shit that we hear just through people who say they're reputable. And the, the the scam overall is that that that's exactly what can happen. You, you're gonna get scammed at some point if you're only using one source. At some point, some prankster is gonna give you false information, and as soon as you blurt it, they're gonna say, "Hi, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you." And then you're gonna look like an idiot. So, uh, but going back to uh, to Tom Petty, I mean, I you know he's one of these recording artists who just isn't going to be replaced. We're just running we're running out of rock and rollers. That's just it. Mm-hmm. I mean, true rock and rollers, top 40 recording artists who uh who do this kind of music and Tom Petty was such an iconoclast. Uh I mean, I have so many memories linked to yeah. Tom Petty's music. I mean, and and Tom oh, yeah. Petty himself, quite frankly. I mean, we think about the soundtrack to our lives and and how often mm-hmm. Tom Petty has been a part of that. And even in pop culture in general. I mean, yesterday I was going through some old clips and 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 found that great clip from the uh, the Larry Sanders series finale with <laughs> yeah. Tom Petty fighting uh, uh, Greg Kinnear and Clint Black backstage, getting ready to go out like, over who's going to sing to Larry that night. And, uh, and <laughs> the funniest joke in that bit is uh, Clint Black says about Greg Kinnear, he said, "Hey, don't don't give Greg Kinnear such a hard time. He was nominated for an Oscar." And Tom Petty goes, "For what? Talk soup." <laughs> <laughs> this is just fucking hilarious. I love Tom Petty, not nearly as much as my wife, who was oh, yeah. truly heartbroken over his passing. And and I got a little misty myself. Yep. Uh, I, I re- One of my favorite uh, Tom Petty memories is from a very obscure movie from many years ago called FM. And it's uh, <laughs> a, a pretty good story about a Los Angeles radio station. Yeah. And the battle that occurred at this fictional station, but a very real and common battle between the creative people on the staff and the salespeople on the staff. And at the peak of that drama, as we could see but not hear, the program director and sales manager screaming at each other about (laughs) ethics on one side of the glass, inside the studio on our side of the glass, uh, Tom Petty was seated uh, being interviewed by a disc jockey, and they were playing breakdown really 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 loud and it was just a a beautiful moment and his music is in that movie and and has been a soundtrack uh for my life as well he's uh florida's own tom petty so uh, he is uh particularly missed here Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah it's a very very sad thing we've lost another great one and 66 was just 
too young to go. We weren't done with Tom yet. Oh, yeah. He was he was finished touring, but we we weren't done with him yet. And mm. and yeah, and and all of this uh, while we're dealing with the unimaginable tragedy in Las Vegas. Yeah, and you know there was another clip I posted on Twitter yesterday, Buzz, of uh, Gary Shandling hanging out at Tom <laughs> Petty's home recording studio. He's at his house, and they're just hanging out in the recording studio, and they're just talking about whatever. And at one point, Gary Shandling goes off about how he's always meditated, and, and he loves the things right. that meditation brings to his life as far as finding some sort of inner peace and not being mm-hmm. so uh, upset with himself and so critical of himself and so on. And Tom Petty goes, uh, uh, you know, I would meditate more, but they say you can't do it while stoned. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great not a bad comeback you know tom petty yeah. uh fought the record companies back when they were still making vinyl record albums yeah. and that that red one came out with uh tom on the cover with his guitar uh <laughs> you know when when uh, that, that was the the moment they chose his album the record company chose his album to raise album prices yeah. uh and and he objected uh, very soundly and a huge fight that he uh eventually won until a short time later when his house burned to the ground in Los Angeles. Yeah, And yeah. other celebrities and friends stood around, including George Harrison, standing in the street watching Tom Petty's house burn to the ground. Jesus. Uh, this was a musician's musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really knew how to, how to get it done. Uh, very, very sad about the loss of, of Tom Petty. In, in your years of radio, did you ever get a chance to talk to him? Did you ever get a chance to interview I, him? I or? did not. One of, one of the people I didn't get to come across, I, I know that I would have liked him. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, uh, and yeah, he was a fun guy, as you illustrated in in your story, and you're you're relating that interview, uh, relating that comment yeah. about meditation. <laughs> and by the way, on the subject of Gary Shandling, I yeah. have to share this with you, okay. and and your audience. If you do not or have not watched Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with yeah, Jerry Seinfeld, I love that show. Yeah, on on, on Crackle. Uh, <laughs> see, it is moving. It is moving to Showtime. I presume they're going to take the old episodes with him. There is uh, an episode. Uh, Called Gary Shandling is not dead yet, <laughs> and right. it came it came out one week before he died. Yeah, yeah, uh, which was so weird and spooky and odd. And but if you watch it, it's so fitting, and and he's just. He's just wonderful, and you get it. Maybe if you didn't already have that insight, you get a terrific insight on uh, on him, on Gary Shandling, and and you realize uh, he shouldn't be gone either. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many great episodes of that show, by the way. I just want to point that out. Because, I mean, just, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. ones I focus on, Gary Shandling is really good. Mm-hmm. Larry David mm-hmm. is especially good. Uh, yes. There's a good one with uh, with John Stewart. Louis C.K. stands out. Yes. They go out on Louis C.K.'s boat and just, President Obama driving President around Obama, the White House grounds, and yeah. the two of them trying to. Get out the front gate, but the Secret Service won't let them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and 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 just uh, so many fun things. And one of my favorites, oddly, Michael Richards, who played Kramer oh, yeah, yeah. on a TV show. What an insightful interview that is. And if you thought you were done with Michael Richards when you heard about his racist rant on stage in Los Angeles, you need to see this show. Yeah. You need to spend fifteen minutes watching. Uh, the Michael Richards interview on uh, Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He is, I, 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 we've really gotten far afield here, but <laughs> those seem like uh, important okay. things. Important things worth mentioning. Yeah, indeed. So we have Donald Trump this morning in yeah. por- Puerto Rico with uh, Melania wearing her uh, flood pumps, as Michael <laughs> J. referred to them over the weekend. Uh, and I think what we need to focus on right now is uh, these remarks this morning, because I tell you what, I'm just, I'm back in that place again, Buzz, where I'm going, this is one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard a president say, maybe if not the most, because he keeps topping himself. Mm. Uh, And and one of the things that we're going to forget about in a couple of days, and there's going to be no accountability. There's going to be, and and again, I'm trying to talk myself down from this doom and gloom (laughs) attitude with regard to what he said. Let's, uh, Let's dig into the audio here. This is Buzz. Yeah. This is a. Uh, this is a uh, Donald. <laughs> no. Trump. no, it's not Buzz. This is Donald not Trump. <laughs> right. I have. I have more sense than this. I think. I was going for Biff. Is what I was going for. <laughs> this is Biff Tannen talking about basically. I mean, what he's doing here. Let's just preface this uh, properly. This is Donald Trump conducting his own PR damage control. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Puerto Rico. This has nothing to do with uh, Katrina. Right. Right. This is Donald Trump throwing sixteen the deaths of 16 Americans under a bus because he's trying to rehabilitate himself after being, you know, after this whole thing being referred to as Trump's Katrina. 
and not very well uh, defending himself. No, yeah. this is here's uh, <laughs> here's the president this morning. Mick Mulvaney is here, right there, and Mick is uh, in charge of a thing called budget. Oh, now God. I hate it's a, okay. Let's, well, we got to stop right there. That's his real perception, by the way. Yeah. Why the fuck did he bring Mick Mulvaney down there, except to underscore the fact that it's going to cost money to help? Puerto Rico, just as it's cost money to help Florida, just as it's cost money to help Houston, well, uh, and all points want, of you, you didn't want Mulvaney to take his own private jet, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing called budget. Yeah, a, like, yeah like, no. and, and again, your, your point is well taken. Donald, Donald Trump condescending to everybody else because he just learned about something. That's what we right, see most right. often yeah, with this guy. Right. News to him. It's budget. It's about budget. To tell you, Puerto Rico, but you've thrown our budget a little out of whack. Oh, God. Because we've spent a lot of money on Puerto Rico, and that's fine. We've saved a lot of lives. If you look at... Oh, see, now that, yeah. that's that's the next thing. That's the next you, thing. You, you have cost me and your mother a lot of money, but we... <laughs> wrong. But we still love you. That's right. Now he's blaming the budget deficit on Puerto Rico. You, it wasn't the hurricanes. Two hurricanes. Two major hurricanes. Mm -hmm. That was the hurricanes didn't cause a dent in the budget. It's Puerto Rico. It's your fault, Puerto Rico. Blaming the victim is what Donald Trump's doing here, right here. Yeah, That's uh, of course completely predictable, right? Wrong. After calling them lazy, essentially uh, using yeah. a, a racial stereotype, essentially, yep, to say that uh, they want the feds to do everything because they they won't do it themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, there's never been anyone more callous, but. To your opening point about, and this is another thing that will be forgotten, one of the th reasons it will be is because 40% of America, maybe more, not just Trump supporters, but people who have stopped listening to the news uh, who may be somewhere in the middle because they're just tired of all this, and there's a lot of that, uh, maybe as much as 40% of the country or, or more, doesn't hear this and doesn't care. Nope. And that's why it has no effect. So those of us on this side of the aisle are uh, continue to be fuming and outraged and angry and pounding our fists on desks, and uh, it doesn't change because we're the only ones who hear about this and uh, the only ones who find it offensive, I think. That's right. And we're the only ones who are going to hear the fact that the president of the United States tried to spin the deaths of 16 Americans into something positive, into positive, hey, great news, 16 Americans are dead and more to come. Right, this is right. uh, he, the and, and he said, yeah, and, and, and I think maybe you should have more tape to play yes. on this. Yeah, let's yeah. get to that. Okay, yeah. here we go. At the, uh, every death is a horror. Horror. But if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina, there it is. And you look at yeah. the tremendous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died. And you look at what happened here with really a storm that was just totally overpowering. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. Now, what is your what is your death count as of this moment? No, by the way, um, when he says yeah. nobody's ever seen anything like that, that's right. the huge tell that he has never heard of anything like this and that he just right. learned something like that. So Psychiatrists that's call this globalizing. <laughs> Right. 17, 16 people certified. 16 people versus in the thousands. Uh, isn't it great? Isn't it awesome that there's only uh -huh. 16 dead Americans after the after the hurricane? Yeah, because you didn't, have a, you didn't have a real storm like <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is horrible. This is, it, I mean, it, I'm it, laughing to keep from crying. He's, he's this is the, horrible. He's the worst. Yeah. He is a clown dictator, and he is despicable, and he is supported and followed by despicables. And, uh, you know, uh, our best hope is, and I know you'll get to this too if there's time, and that's the Russia investigation. Yeah. Uh, that's the only. Being outraged at this crap uh, as embarrassing and nauseating as it is uh, is getting us nowhere. Uh, I, I have a feeling things are moving along at a pretty good clip on the Russia investigation, partly at the behest of Robert Mueller and partly at the stupidity of the players in Stupid Watergate. Yeah, exactly. You know, he goes on to say 16 versus literally thousands of people. You can be very proud. Everyone around this table right. and everybody watching right. can be really proud of what's taken place in Puerto Rico. Oh, you know, 16 dead people. And by the way, this is a slow motion disaster. This is happening as we speak and getting worse as we speak. The death toll is not going to stay 
at 16 people. We've got cholera. We've got breeding mosquitoes. We've got the potential for Zika outbreaks going on now. But, the, but the White House says 65% of the gas stations are open again. <laughs> That's right. Well, there is there is such great news, isn't there, Buzz? That Why won't you give credit where credit is due, Bob? This, this just isn't <laughs> Katrina, which is wonderful news. All yeah. right, uh, one last break. We're going to come back with stupid Watergate right after these words. <laughs> You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Buzz Burbank is here. If you're uh, planning on doing some shopping today, make sure to go into uh, Amazon.com through our link at BobSeska.com. It's just beneath the logo. Takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but uh, you save money and help support the show. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra. Thanks for doing that, and make sure to bookmark it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Trump Russia... We've got more news, uh, and I, I don't know if we're going to get... Well, I mean, we might as well mention it now. This Jared Kushner email thing, before we, we jump into the Russia stuff, I just want to emphasize here on the free show uh, that this Jared Kushner-Ivanka Trump um, email situation with their private email, and then, of course, uh, what, right. four, four other members of the White House, past and present, who have also oh, used... sorry. So, how many? Did you, can you hear me? Forgive me, yes, I accidentally fired something off there. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Autoplay video. I didn't hear it at all. I didn't hear okay. that. At all. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are now uh, six members of the White House, both past and present, who are using who have used private email addresses to use right. to, to do official business. And uh, and and of course, the ground zero for this story is Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, who have been well now we hear that they're using a third email address where they're uh all run through their uh, their own private domain they're sending back and forth official business uh using this third address in addition to their own uh, personal addresses and just the utter hypocrisy of all of this given that yeah yeah here we go this is the big point it's the emails that that screwed hillary clinton it's the emails that that are I mean, in addition to Russia's meddling, it's the emails that delivered Donald Trump to the White House. They were everything. They were every those yeah. Hillary's emails were everything to Trump's campaign and to Trump's supporters. It was red meat for the dogs. Yep. And and uh, you got to watch them Trump kids. They're slippery. <laughs> Uh, you know, now, now a third email account. And, and of course the other thing affiliated with this is Jared Kushner, uh, kept this from the committee when he testified for the Senate intelligence committee, he didn't bother to tell him about these emails, which is worse than the emails, a bigger crime, if you will, than the yeah. emails themselves. I think we're rapidly discovering that Jared Kushner is a fucking idiot. I mean, this well, guy. Well, and also, and also, key not just to this, not just the cornerstone of this little latest email scandal, Bob, but perhaps to the entire thing. He he ran the bot system for the for the Trump campaign. Yep. Uh, and oh uh, well, what a coincidence! The Russians <laughs> used bots also. Uh, gosh, I wonder if there's any connection. Uh, yeah, so I think I think we're going to be learning more about our our boy Jared here soon. Yeah, and he registered to vote as a woman for some reason. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> well, still, I mean, have I, they given I can an explanation? See it, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, look at it. Look at his face. A little makeup, a little uh, wig. Uh, it could, it could. He could. If he makes that decision, if that's how he feels about himself, then you know he should have that right. <laughs> that's what I said on Thursday. That this now explains the clean clothes shave and the buttery skin. I mean, that's yes, <laughs> we now yeah, know. You, 
you desire that. Of exactly course. right. So, uh, okay, so Mueller is looking into Trump's pardon powers. This is, I think, positive news. There's a lawyer uh, on on Mueller's team of untouchables who is uh, examining what Trump can pardon and when and who. Uh, I think what they're trying to do, I, I'm just guessing on this, but I think they're looking for an avenue with which to hand down indictments in a way where Trump can't pardon those who are indicted. And right. if I were to wager a guess on this buzz, I would say <laughs> that Mueller might be working with Eric Schneiderman, who's the attorney general of New York. And oh, we know they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but yeah. In, just in terms of maybe indicting uh, members of the Trump White House or the Trump campaign staff in the context of New York and, and charged with state crimes... I don't know. Again, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the the legal aspects of all of this. But if I were to bet, I would say that they're going to try to tr- uh, indict in New York so that Trump can't pardon people who are in- indicted on state level crimes. You you can only part the president can only pardon people who are uh, convicted of federal crimes. Right. I, I think I'm getting yeah. that right. Yeah, no, I, that that is that is correct, and there is a certain delineation. Uh, the feds and the state level do very frequently work together, and often say, "Well, you take this aspect of it, and I'll take this aspect of it." Yeah, and so that's a very common thing. We know, in fact, that Schneiderman has been confirmed that that Schneiderman and Mueller are working together, and I and I see this a little bit like uh, the bully of was it Butch, I guess, in a Christmas Story, <laughs> yeah. where he had a. He had a punk friend. Uh, uh, he had several punk friends, but one of them, uh, it was his job to uh, get on his hands and knees behind the person that you were intimidating while Butch pushes you over right. that obstacle. Well, I, I think Schneiderman and Mueller can work in this same way on on, on the Trump boys. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, and I think that they're plotting that sort of strategy because they, I think they do expect uh, or fear the possibility of pardon. So uh, you get them this way, I'll get them this way, and between us, we'll get them. Uh, I, I really think there's a lot of that sort of thing at work. I know that Mueller is clever enough. I know that Mueller knows what his obstacles are and what his opposition is and uh, what his timetable might be. And I think he's working uh, as smart and his people are working as smart as they're working hard. And I think they're farther along than we know. Yep. And I think that they're making sure that they have all bases covered, that when they throw that lasso, that it's open enough to catch the entire herd. That's right. Uh, I, I, I think that's what I think that's my sense of what's going on now. And that encourages me uh, while all this other stuff continues and, Trump continues to scold Puerto Rico for not paying its bills when people are continuing to die. Yeah, and and meanwhile, one of the many things that continues to happen is obviously the Russian propaganda effort, and we see that in yes. uh, in the in the pages of RT.com, Russia Today. Uh, here they they started listing the uh, the biggest uh, Russophobes, the the people who are hyping up the Russia story. This is all, of course, very very negative against the people who are following along with the uh, the Russian attack. And so they listed all the people who are like the neo-McCarthyites in their words. Like, these are all the people who are doing the uh, the latest iteration of the Red Scare. And what are the most famous names in the top ten? Or what are, what are, what are, who's on let's that Let's see. List? I mean, we've got, uh, well, Buzz, Anybody we'd know? BuzzFeed yeah. is on the list. Here's uh, Rob Reiner and Morgan Freeman at uh, oh, numbers sure. uh, seven and eight. Of course, because <laughs> they, Rob Reiner and uh, David Frum started InvestigateRussia.org, where Jackie Schechner is the uh, editor in chief and Morgan Freeman did the one of the promotional videos for the website. So uh, and then specifically referring to the uh, the Russia story as the, the Russian attack, which I think is You're an right. important uh, framing device for all of this. Yes, it we, certainly is. we also have, of course, Hillary Clinton on the list. Uh, Louise Mensch, uh, NATO for some reason. NATO is on the list. You know, I want to be on the list with NATO for God's sake. If NATO is on a list, I don't mind being on that list either. And you know it's serious. If you have a meathead and NATO on the same list, uh, you know that this is serious. <laughs> right. And the number one, uh, the biggest lifelong Russophobe is John McCain on this list here. And I don't see Rachel Maddow. I don't see Buzz Burbank. I don't see uh, who else has been covering the Russian. Uh, Stephen Colbert has been mentioning yeah. Russia right. quite I mean, a bit. There is a, there is a room. The top ten is insufficient. Uh, yeah. uh, to to list even their most significant enemies, of which I would 
not count myself as one, although I would desire to be. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I, there's no way I would make that list, but there are a lot more people on that list than just those ten. That's for sure. That's comforting too. Well, let's uh, let's work on that, Buzz. Let's set that yeah. as our goal. By the next set time it. RT does another uh, stupid article like this, another top ten list, let's make sure that we get on that goddamn list next time. Bucket bucket list. Our bucket list is to get on the Russia phobe list and uh, <laughs> and to get blocked by Trump. That's right. Oh God, that's um, that's another thing I'm looking forward to. How many more times can I call him Biff Tannen before he actually blocks me? See, here's my concern. <laughs> While it amuses you and the rest of us, I, he doesn't get it. No. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Uh, no, he, he doesn't get I mean, I don't think he's ever seen that movie. I don't think he has any recollection of that movie. Uh, and if he did, he would be really, really self-conscious because in Back to the Future 2, I mean, it literally modeled <laughs> Biff Tannen in alternate 1985 after Donald Trump. So it's not much of a stretch at all. No, not at all. Oh, God. So we've got more contacts reported between Russia and the Trump team. Uh, plus, right. P- Pence's lawyer met with Mueller uh, last week. We don't know the reasons for that meeting. Uh, my first instinct, Buzz, was to say that that meeting was all about Mike Pence's lawyer trying to feel out Mueller to see where this is going, maybe to report back to, to Trump, who I'm sure yeah, wants to know. Maybe a little begging for mercy. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that's the case. Good God, please let that be the case. Uh, so, lots more to talk about. Uh, some healthcare stories I want to talk about. The, there's, there's an abortion ban getting ready to be passed by the Republicans in Congress. We want to talk about that coming up. Plus the latest Trump tweets, which are uh, all about North Korea, which are terrifying, to say the least. And a whole lot more that's coming up next on the Postmortem Show. You can find that show at our Patreon page. You can find our Patreon page by going to bobsuska.com, clicking the all-caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. Takes you right there. If you sign up for uh, $5 a month, you get the Postmortem Show twice a week. If you sign up at $10 a month, you get the Postmortem Show twice a week, plus the after party on Fridays. And if you sign up at $15 a month, you get all that stuff, plus a commercial-free version of this show right here. So go and do that. Help support the show. Help support independent media. Meanwhile, go and subscribe to Buzz Burbank News and comment at iTunes and follow along on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at buzzburbank.com. Take care, folks. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye. It fucking sucks.